You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leavitt, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leopold as he began to turn heads in the junior leagues. Pass for Long, he's got Leopold with him. Long walks in, Sanders, yeah! Leopold to right hand shot, rotates and then sends it along back to Leopold. And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues. And it's Leavold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leavold throwing right after right and just connecting like crazy. Once I met heroin, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery. Guys, this is episode number 46. This is Brady Liebold coming at you guys from Utterson, Ontario. You know that's right in beautiful Muskoka, right in God's country. I am so grateful to live here. Most of all, I'm just grateful to be alive. I remind myself multiple times throughout the day, guys, I have an alarm five times throughout the day. It says, stop, be grateful, you're alive. If you know anything about my story, I am so lucky to be alive and I am also lucky that you're listening. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Your support means the world to me. Guys, I couldn't do it uh, without all of you and really uh, what would it all be for? Uh, So thank you so much. I hope you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. Guys, you can check them out anywhere on social media at Hockey Podnet and their website www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. They have 31 podcasts. That's one for every NHL team. If you love hockey and you have a favorite team, we have a podcast for you. On top of those ones, we have bonus content like Hockey to Heroin, Road to Recovery, Tales with TR, Terry Ryan's podcast, Ice Analytic, like Analytics, if you're into the analytical side of the game, check that one out. The fourth line voice, if you're into the fights and grinding stories. Guys, and also House of Hockey, a uh, lady's perspective. For all my lady listeners, give it a give it a listen. Uh, we love to support the Hockey Podcast Network, and they've been so great to me. So thank you to everybody at the Hockey Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening, guys, and please take the time to rate and review. Uh, I am recording in the makeshift Matthew Lazinski Memorial Studio uh, in the spare bedroom at the Devitt family household. Uh, beside me to my left is a Matthew Lazinski Memorial plaque made from Chad Balcom, who hosts WHL Unfiltered. Uh, the plaque says, in memory of Matthew Lazinski, uh, January 15th, 1987, 
to December 17, 2017. He played for the OHL Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. He was drafted in the second round by them. If you listen to the podcast, you're going to hear me say this every single podcast, and I'll keep saying it. This is why I'm doing everything. Uh, Matthew Lazinski lost his battle with mental health and addiction in 2017, uh, and our stories are so much alike. I, I don't know why I'm alive and he's not, uh, but because I am, uh, and I'm grateful to be alive, and I'm just so thankful that I'm was able to hear his story through a guy by the name of Matt Thompson, who's now become my best friend, uh, or one of them anyways, and uh, he was best friends with Lazinski, and when I spammed Facebook, as I often tell the story, uh, sharing the first episode of Hockey to Arrow and Road to Recovery, uh, he messaged me back and said, wow, uh, it sounds like uh, your story is so much like my buddy, and, and you should be grateful that you're alive, and uh, let me tell you what, I did my research, and uh, since then I've been able to reach out to Lazinski's family, and it's just so tragic, and it's not just him, uh, there's other men and women, boys and girls in the hockey community that have lost their battles with mental health and addiction from suicide and overdose, uh, and it's just so, so sad. Uh, but I'm grateful and Matt Thompson is grateful too and I, we're so close and thank you Matt man I can't say it enough I love you brother and I'm looking forward he owns the Maxwell Mustangs uh, he's just bought me all brand new hockey equipment and for my comeback thank you Matt I uh, love you brother I'm looking forward I'm going to be up in Maxville up in Morrisburg Ontario uh, this coming weekend uh, if anybody wants to join join in uh, for a coffee or something come say hi to Matt and I I'd love to uh, to meet up with anybody in the Ottawa area Please uh, send me a message. Uh, I'd love to talk shop, talk hockey. I'm all about it. Uh, and I'd love to tell you about uh, the Puck Sport Foundation. Uh, if anyone's in the area, if you have teams or anything, if you want us to come down and, and share our stories uh, about the Puck Sport Foundation, about hockey to heroin, uh, and about Matt Thompson and Matthew Lazinski uh, and all of our fallen brothers and sisters. Uh, but the good news is that the Puck Sport Foundation's around pucksport.com and as well, Gratitude, the Pucksport Foundation Gratitude Crusade, which has been unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, so it basically started, uh, you know, the Gratitude Crusade. It's all about being grateful. Every day I wake up, I'm so, so grateful. I have an alarm five times a day that says, stop, be grateful. Uh, you know, because sometimes things in life get hard. Uh, you know, days are difficult, but no bad days uh, because I'm grateful. The attitude of gratitude goes a long, long way. And I wanted to, you know, just share that with everybody. And I know people know this, but I wanted to just press it and press it. So the Gratitude Crusade was born in Matthew Lazinski's memory. There's a GoFundMe page set up. All the money is going to be withdrawn at the end and submitted to our accountant, the Pucksport Foundation accountant, in Matthew Lazinski's name for startup costs for the Pucksport Foundation because we're a nonprofit, start um, developing nonprofit. Uh, guys, it's no secret there's money for startup costs. I don't have the money to pay for it, although I wish I did. Uh, but that's what the money is. This money is going to go to. But I'm telling you, we're going to need millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, we're continuing to work with mental health and addiction professionals um, and life coaches and those type of things to build the best team and resources to help the hockey community uh, so that we don't have to see those tragic headlines anymore. Uh, for more information, you can follow us at Gratitude Crusade. Uh, and if you were nominated, uh, please make the video. Get out of your comfort zone. My friend Nick Mycheck got out of his comfort zone. And let me tell you what, the response has been unbelievable. Uh, you know, he's a grateful man now. He's done the video and getting support. I know people are shy. I know people are shy. Not everybody can make the videos, but guess what? That's all part of it. Get out of your comfort zone. You'd be amazed at the support that will pour in. I know people are nervous. People are scared of judgment. 
If anybody judges you or anybody says anything, I will hunt them down myself. I don't care. Let's support people. Get out of our comfort zones uh, and watch the magic happen. Hashtag PSF Gratitude Crusade. Hashtag Puck Support. Guys, please, if you can afford it, donate. I will uh, attach the link at the bottom of the episode. You can, of course, follow me anywhere on social media. At Hockey to Heroin. At Hockey to Heroin Podcast. At Puck Support. At Pucks and Plants. And at Gratitude Crusade. I know it's a lot there, guys, but we have a lot going on. Uh, I'm just so thankful, so grateful to be alive. Thank you so much. If you're listening, if you're a first-time listener, thank you so much. Uh, if you're an avid Hockey Heroin Road to Recovery listener, there simply are no words. Thank you so, so much. Your support means the world to me. If you want to help me and my family, as I talk about it often, I don't have money, I, I'm, but I know I will. I'm rich. Not financially speaking, but I'm rich because I know things, the doors are opening for me. And, and I know that even if I make lots of money, that means I have more money to help others with. That's why I know I'm going to get money because that's my mentality. I just want to serve. I just want to be a soldier. Uh, this is not the Brady Lebel Foundation. I am not going to be in charge. I'm certainly not going to be in charge of the finances by any means. Uh, though if I was, I would guard them with my heart and soul because this, this project uh, is just... It needs to happen, and I'm so thankful for all the support. We're at a thousand dollars already. Thank you to everybody that's donated, um, and everybody that donates is going to be on the Matthew Lazinski Wall of Gratitude in the Matthew Lazinski Memorial Studio here in Utterson. So if you donate, you're going to be on that wall for good. Um, as a special commemorative, uh, we're going to send you something too, uh, as our token of appreciation for your donation for the Puck Support Foundation. All the money, like I said, is raised in Matthew Lazinski's name, and I'm so honored to be able to do this. And I know Matt Thompson's feeling really good about it too. Um, please, guys, we need your support. And if you want to support me and my family, you can do so uh, by supporting me on Patreon patreon.com slash hockey to heroin thank you to david carlson and brenda leary my first two patrons i'm gonna i'm gonna vamp up my patreon page like if you're my patron i'm gonna send you tons of cool stuff depending on what tier you're at i'm gonna make it worth your while and people always reach out to me they want to send me money or send me things it makes me feel very awkward i'm so appreciative and grateful and i'm not gonna lie i need money um you know, but at the same time, I like to be able to give. So if you want to support me, please do so on Patreon. There's different tiers, $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month. But at least then I can give you guys something back. So please, if that you want to support me, that's how you can do so. And I would be so appreciative and so grateful if you do so. There's just really no words, guys, how grateful I truly am for all of your support. It could bring me to tears. Um, uh, I really shouldn't be alive uh, and it's it's it just blows me away when I have to look at myself in the mirror every day but I can do that today because I'm honest I do the next right thing um, and I'm the most authentic real version of myself like I can be who I want to be and I'm so comfortable in my own skin I'm clean yes I use cannabis um, but you know I'm clean I, I'm not I'm not serving drugs anymore I used to have such a bad drug addiction and that was my whole Every day was just, you know, seeking drugs and making sure I wasn't dope sick. And it was just crazy until I ended up in jail and, and all that. And it was just, so guys, every single day for me to be alive, it's a miracle. And uh, I want to utilize my story uh, to help people and to let people know that it doesn't matter what type of hell you're in. Um, you can get yourself out of it 
and I'm here to help you and I know there's a lot of people out there that want to help you too um, and I would love to um, if I can't help people directly uh, I would love to help people you know get those resources and that's really what I want to do and that's a big part of the Pucksport Foundation but even outside of the hockey community guys if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to me please reach out to somebody else it'll be the best decision you ever made I'm really excited to get into this one, guys. Uh, but before we get into it, you know this episode is proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger, a community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check them out. Teamissued.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Guys, you know that's Jesse Paradise's company, a former teammate of mine and a former teammate of my guest. That's his company, Team Issued. He's been a sponsor of the show uh, since the third episode. So thank you, Jesse. Uh, As always, I'm decked out head to toe in Team Issued. Right now, I got the black active shorts on. I got my blue navy hoodie on with my matching uh, blue navy hat. And actually, I got navy beats on too so like i'm all matchy matchy uh look at me go uh anyways jess uh there's no words thank you so much uh for all your support man honestly team issued uh it's an unbelievable quality their clothing is sick much like uh you know under armor lululemon that kind of stuff they're active wear really comfortable if you're into working on that kind of stuff check it out they got all sorts of stuff also kids clothes men's women's uh, like I said, use promo code TOEDRAG15. Hopefully you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. You guys can check them out anywhere on social media at HockeyPodNet and their website www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Uh, but without further ado, let's get uh, right in to episode 46. And before we get into it, that's four away from episode 50. Uh, episode 50 is going to feature my dad, Brian uh, holy, holy, holy shit. Hold on for that one, guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but like I've said, uh, it's going to be extremely educational. I don't think it's just going to be helpful for myself and my dad, uh, but there's lots to be um, lots to be learned uh, learn from this situation, from mine, uh, and not just mine, guys. There's so many other people struggling, and that's what the Pucksport Foundation is all about. Check us out, pucksport.com, but I'll get to that at the end. Uh, let's get right into episode... 46. Ben will give chase for Kelowna. A little bit of a give and go. Lee Bold drop pass. Now Long puts the puck behind the net. Trying to move it again in front of the goal. Lee Bold in front for Long. Long again. Shooting. Scores! another goal for this season. It's his 12th of the year on the power play and it's 2-0 Rockets. Long has only been held off the score sheet six times this season. So he's back on it again. Colin Long, the second star, two goals, one assist, team leading 38 points of the season. It was the Rockets doubling up the Winterhawks. Colin Long, two goals and assists. Luke Shen, three assists. Tyson Berry, three assists. The Rocks now won 11 of 15 points. All right, guys. Uh, without further ado, 
Uh, I'm gonna work on a, a longer a longer intro for him, but this guy was a real friend to me uh, before I get into the episode. Uh, without question, my favorite line mate that I ever played with. Uh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to get this guy on, and we've been talking, and he's a little bit shy, I guess. Um, but, you know, I am so, so, so excited uh, to get him on uh, on episode 46. Uh, man, he was originally drafted by the Kelowna Rockets in 2004 in the 11th round, actually 210th overall. This guy was actually a roller hockey player uh, from California. Uh, and if you, if you could picture him without seeing him when I met him, you know, he had the long surfer hair. Uh, he's got the California surfer accent, uh, but you know he, he came up uh, from the California wave and he broke into the Western League. And, and man, did he find tremendous success uh, with the Kelowna Rockets! Uh, and it was a real pleasure uh, to get to play with him. And actually, it was it was the best year of my life uh, as far as hockey goes. Uh, it was all so much fun. I loved going to the rink. I loved playing with him. And, and we played alongside a guy by the name of Jamie Ben, who, of course, won the Art Ross Trophy. Uh, but it's funny, actually, this guy and myself actually outscored Benny that year. Um, but this guy had like 30 points more than me. Uh, and actually, I've talked about it. Uh, people often ask me, what's the coolest thing that uh, you experienced uh, when playing hockey? And I never won any championships. Um, Unfortunately, like honestly, I just uh, never really even had any deep playoff runs. Um, and, uh, you know, so I always, you know, whenever I think about the coolest thing uh, that I got to experience was getting this guy's 100th point uh, in the final game of the season. Uh, it was fuck, was it a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, he went on that year in 07 08 to be a WHL first team all star. He followed that up uh, the following year uh, with a second team all star appearance and he captured the WHL championship as the captain of the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, he was drafted uh, by the Phoenix Coyotes, actually 99th overall uh, by Wayne, by Wayner himself. Wayne Gretzky drafted this guy 99th overall in the fourth round uh, the following season after I played with him, and I was super proud of him. And uh, what a great guy we used to. We used to ride to the rink every day together uh, on the way to games, on the way to practices. And this song, if you can hear it, was one that he used to play for me all the time. This is uh, Lou Reed, of course. Uh, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. He used to jam this all the time. So without further ado, uh, he's out in Germany now, still uh, on his venture playing pro hockey. Uh, whatever's going on with COVID-19, who knows. But let's bring him in. My friend, Colin Long. Hey, thanks for having me, Brady. Longer, man. Uh, you know, I call you Steve, and I'll give you a quick. I'll give a quick shout out to uh, to Steve and Lana <laughs> and your sister Jacqueline. But I'll give people the rundown on the story. Uh, so uh, I've shared this story about when I got traded to Kelowna, and I don't even think you know this one, but it was you know it was in Sportsnet article about how I was hung over and I had to go on the ice with with all those young guys that we had. We had so many good, great young players that year, and. Um, but, you know, it was just, I was just like in awe of all of you guys. Um, but, you know, it was, uh, it was really confusing for me at first. Not only was I in awe of the skill, but at the first practice, everybody is like, I'm trying to figure out the names on the team. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like, I, I really didn't know any of you guys because I was out West playing in Swift. And, uh, right. 
you know, other than like Luke Shen, because, you know, he was getting a lot of press back then and whatever. And, yeah. And, and that was it. So like you guys were all calling each other different names. And what I, what I didn't realize <laughs> was that you guys were calling each other by your, by the dad's first name. So everyone was calling you Steve and they were calling, yeah. you know, like Luke, like Lenny. And like, it was like, I was so confused. Randy. <laughs> like you know what i mean and it was just it was crazy and it was like rick you know we called brandon mcmillan rick and it was you know oh, what i mean yeah. so it took me a good like 10 days um, i can't even I'll, imagine i'll tell you what actually the only reason i kind of try i kind of figured it out was because lion messier was around for a bit and people were calling him mark <laughs> Or Moose, you know, they were calling him Moose and Mark, so it was funny. So, Longer, talk to me, talk to me. What are you doing these days out in Europe, man? I'm still playing. Um, I'm first of all, I want to say that I'm looking forward to that episode with your uh, with your dad, Brian. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a beauty. He's been that's, uh, that's gonna be like a Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah it very well could be it's you know it's my hope that or my dad will more yeah like honestly in all honesty longer i hope that my dad comes on and he's not shy and he just like if he if he wants to fucking give it to me on, on air i i don't care like i i deserve it and uh i put is that, a, I put first, a, is, is that gonna be the first time you've talked to him in a while no i mean we talk every day uh but we haven't okay. had like we haven't had that like you know in-depth conversation and i'll be honest yeah, like, so yeah. you know get, you know that if I, you do like a nice if you do a nice intro and shit he'll get emotional and you know because we make for some entertaining uh radio for sure and i think i think well, hopefully that, it's more like a dr phil episode than a springer episode <laughs> that's hilarious so what are you doing you're you're playing where these days um so should i give you my whole story yeah, like give Cologne. us the rundown. I know you struggled with some injuries um, and concussions. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, but yeah give us the rundown, man. Well, I don't, we can talk about Kelowna later. But so after that, um, after I got drafted, um, let me think. Did I play a year? Yeah, I got drafted after the year you left, The you know, that, that summer. And then I played my 19-year-old year. We, we stacked the team. We won. Um, we can talk more about that, but anyways, then I, I went to Kelowna for my 20 year old year. So I got drafted as an overage and I, I should have probably played as a 20 in Kelowna. And, um, I went to Phoenix training camp and I came in great shape, had a great camp and, uh, they, they wanted me to stay. I think, um, like I got, I still got sent to the AHL training camp in San Antonio and I was still unsigned. Like. It was, uh, that was tough. And like, I went and, to and sorry to cut you kid. off. I want everybody to realize that you had a hundred points and then you had 91 points and then you captained the yeah. WHL championship team. So let's just put that into perspective. So yeah, you're damn right. That was tough. So let's keep going. You know, you know, what's funny about that is, um, so I had 91 points that year and I think Benny had, I don't know, Benny might've had 40 goals. He didn't have 50. And um, before the season even started, you weren't there, but before the season started, like, they made me captain also late because they were waiting to see if Luke Shen was going to come back. So yeah. we didn't have a captain for a while, and then they finally had the vote, and I, I got named captain. 
And it was funny because you remember the whole Easton situation with Barry? Yeah, of course, the sticks, yeah. So that year with you, I love those sticks. We used uh, Ray Whitney's stick, him and I. And, this is a crazy um, curve. And, and a little side note longer. I used it. You made me use it for one game and uh, I scored two <laughs> goals. But I both goals were like the biggest muffins ever. And I was like, <laughs> I can't I can't use this stick. And you're like, man, but you scored How two. How do you switch after a two goal game? Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I felt the keep same going. in the beginning with that with that curve. I felt the same. Like every, everything felt weird, but like I don't know, it was just working. So I just I still use it. Really? I still use it. Barry actually. Um, I can't remember. Let me think where I was. I think I was in Italy. I was playing in Italy, and I came late. I signed late, and I didn't have any sticks, or I had one or two sticks. And um, this shows you how cool Barry still is. Like, I just sent him a message, and I'm like, hey, I told him the situation. I don't have any sticks. They're ordering them. Bauer changed. All this all this shit happened, so they have to redo my pattern. And Barry fired me, like, 12 sticks. Wow. I don't That's know if awesome. he uh, summer, stocked, summer stocked them or what, <laughs> but... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he uh, he had those stealths on uh, on lockdown. Those, no, those they red. weren't stealth. They were just no. like his, I'm. Just like I lost the curve. Like I need I need more of the curve to be able to send it in. I need like one or two, and then he just fired me tw- like twelve. Wow, what a beauty, eh? He he was so good. But yeah. get, let's let's keep going. I, I want to hear more about you know your your story because it's oh, you know I know okay. a little bit about it, but you know it's it's one Sorry. that. No, don't don't apologize. It, I love these stories, man. That's what this is all about. It doesn't. <laughs> let's just talk. Whatever you want to say, man. Let's just let's just talk. I, I've missed you, bud. Um, let me think. So yeah, so that that whole thing. I went to Kelowna as a twenty. I went to training camp, and um, then you know you first go to junior camp, and then I went to Phoenix rookie camp. And in the summer, in this like just a month earlier, I already did um, the prospects camp in Phoenix, which is which is insane. I'm sure you did a couple of those. Yeah, um, like you're doing like three a days, and it's just a complete bag in the middle of the summer. You you haven't skated all summer, but yeah, anyway, so I did that, and then I went to um, Phoenix rookie camp, which is a grind. I mean, they try to kill the rookies, and then you know I stuck around for main camp, and then. Um, I think I don't remember. I might have played an XC game or two, and then I got sent to San Antonio, and and one of the groups that got sent down did San Antonio's camp, and I was still unsigned. So like this whole time, I was trying to prove myself. Still, like every day was important, and um, so that was insane. But I ended up signing, and um, supposedly there was there was pressure from Kelowna on um, Maloney and um, Trebling. Living, yeah, Brad, yeah, to send me to send me back as a twenty, and in hindsight, that probably would have been good for me. I mean, you know, but uh, like they're an NHL team; they they know if you're ready or not to go pro. So, yeah, anyways, and you, I went and you had the numbers, right? Like your numbers were were there. Like you were yeah. far I, and away. I think, I think Phoenix was concerned with me going back. Um, everyone was gone, like. I would have been going back. I don't know how the team would have been. I don't know if I ended up would uh, would have ended up getting traded to a contender or something. But um, you know, like the team was gone. Like, I mean, I mean, I shouldn't say that. There are still some players, but like the, all the nineteen year olds or the the guys that won us that um, the the championship that year and the twenties. But you know, 
like so all the 19s were signing backland ben um almond yeah almond any those guys so anyways um yeah so i signed with phoenix and uh signed a three-year entry-level deal um and played three years with them in their farm system i every single one of those years i had a season-ending concussion uh, so like my first year I played my and, played and, like, and longer, longer, every, and all those concussions, like, did any of them come from a fight? Uh, no, no, no. no. Always a hit, right? Yeah. Always a hit. One of them was a high stick. Oh, a high stick. Jeez. One of but them it, was like a, a whiplash high stick. Yeah. So just some, um, just some bad luck too, right? All like of them, all of them were surprised, like surprises, blindsides, like, high stick um that's one thing i, I might have realized that the, the if i don't know if you remember one of crosby's it was the one where his second one in within a month or something when he yeah where he, he just turned out. and he collided with the guy right yes that was just a surprise um when you can see it coming you can like you like almost like brace your neck and brace your brain and yeah. you know you, you might you might get your bell rung so to speak but um doesn't completely screw you up yeah, and yeah a lot so, of people so, a lot of people don't realize um that what a concussion does to to a guy um not only psychologically and physically um oh, yeah. but just your like i guess it's still psychology but your confidence and everything and but did, yeah. did you feel did you feel like everything was just a little bit dull where did you feel half a step slower for a while or are you still feeling that way because that's how i felt after all the the head injuries that i kept sustaining <laughs> I was out um, 18 months with, the, wow. with my last one. So I played, so that was my, like I said, so my first year I played 30 games, had a season-ending concussion, came back next training camp, played, I don't know, 40. Oh, this was interesting. Um, my second year I got, sent, you know, sent to the HO. And then, um, like, so in the previous year, I didn't finish the season, right? So they sent me to the coast on conditioning. Supposedly, it was conditioning. They sent me to the coast, and this was in Las Vegas. And um, Las Vegas was playing out of the Orleans Hotel. Yeah, I remember that. Hotel and casino. So, <laughs> like, I was there on conditioning, so they put me up in a hotel room in the Orleans um, with another guy, with Nick Ross. We were both in the hotel room, and I ended up Nick getting, Ross. like – another concussion there and the team couldn't find me a place to stay. So I ended up living in that hotel for months. Wow. <laughs> so I would, I'd take the elevator, I'd take the elevator down, walk by all the, the blackjacks and craps tables, like sports book and go to practice. Yeah. I know the hotel very well. I was there for 11 <laughs> days once on a road trip with Victoria and I wasn't playing. I was a disaster oh, the entire time I was there. I remember one time that the, the players were going for pregame skate and I was still in my suit from the night before playing roulette <laughs> half cut. And the coach Mark Morrison's like, what the hell are you doing? Lever? Like go to bed. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not playing anyways. What is it? Like that was just me. But yeah. And that, that hotel reeks like smoke. What was your mindset? Oh, yeah. Like you must've like was, you must've been feeling pretty depressed. Like, 
What did you have yeah. any support? Like what kind of supports were in place? What were you doing for your for your mental state? Was this team supporting you? Uh, and what about the Phoenix Coyotes? Like were they were they I'm not trying to put them on blast, but I'm just trying to like open the open people's eyes here. Like were they like uh, supporting you and, and offering you some help and being like, hey, like, you know, you're living in a hotel or what are the conditions like? How's your head? I mean, What's your mental state? Yeah, you know, that's um, like as far as them taking care of me with my concussions, like they um, I have n- nothing against them in that in, in those three years. I mean, they tried. They, they they had I think I'm pretty sure they had high hopes for me. Like I was captain in the, those uh, rookie games and shit and um yeah. i i know trelebing liked me a lot and i mean they they tried everything like i at this time i, I would just go to doctors and i'd get mris and like you know it, it was freaking terrible the syndrome is absolutely terrible i would rather i'd rather uh tear my acl any day than get another concussion a one hundred percent. You you go to the rink every day. You you know you still have to check in, and you're a twenty year old kid, and you still have to check into the rink. And every single day, everyone's asking you like, how how are you feeling? And you're oh and you're hold on, like, you're oh, I never even thought of that. You're better. underage. You're living in a hotel casino, and you're underage. That's hilarious. Key, keep keep uh, that. No, I think I, when I was in Vegas, I was of age. Oh okay okay. I was thinking you were twenty, but yeah, I know you're but, right. Um, you're a twenty year old my, kid. Most of my memories of of, um, of the AHL is just checking in in the morning and people asking me how I'm feeling and I'm I just say yeah a little better today even though you know even though it's not so um, huh. that was terrible so so then my third year I came back really hard like you know you know as a player you have those summers where you um, where you just you just rage in the summer you get super motivated. And so that was after my second year, like, obviously this is a contract year. So I had a crazy summer. I came into camp and, um, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say like I was disrespectful, but I was just, you know, like if they had, um, their first round pick or something, like I wasn't going to be, I was all, almost too respectful when I first came in there the, in, in the first two years, like, if it was Doan or something or, or one of those guys like in, in uh, training camp. Yeah. Um, instead of being cocky, you know? Yeah. You're, you're so, tentative. So your confidence is not there yeah. and that, and you being, I know you and the way you play, um, you don't play with a cocky edge where whatever, but you play with a swagger, um, where, uh, like what people ever got to watch you play. Um, you look, honestly, you don't look, I was thinking about this this morning. You don't look fast, uh, but you're fast. Uh, and yeah. then, and then, but when you get the puck, uh, you, it's, it's unbelievable. I was watching the game and my dad still talks about it. Like when I, when I talk, ask him like who the best junior player is, uh, that he gets to watch. And he always, your name always comes up in the conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm serious, like, you know, up there with, with guys like Barzell and, and Nugent Hopkins, because like in the WHL, you slow, you slowed that game down. You had that confidence, um, and, and you were able to make plays and see plays uh, that yeah. you know, guy, guys just don't see. And that's that's what made you so so great. And I think, um, you know, going into a situation like you're talking about, when you don't carry that same swagger, um, that's going to affect your game because 
that your game, Colin, is is puck control and um, yeah, and passing, right? Like realistically, and for sure. And I mean, and at that level, at that level, I wasn't gonna be, um, I wasn't gonna be able to do that at that level. I was too slow. Um, I mean, okay, this was a while ago. The game was a little different than today. It's even faster, right? But it was getting faster and faster. Where the 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 fourth line guys were starting to turn into speedsters, like. Um, I don't know, like Haglin comes to mind. Um, so I kind of realized going into my third year, um, and I mean, I I know I was never tough, but like I I always had an edge in Kelowna. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played especially with an edge, when, especially a, a when, especially was, when you had me on your line. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You <laughs> you helped me a lot, man. You you um you're you were one of the reasons that we won the year, the following year for sure. Well, I, I, it's funny. I wanted to talk about that, but I want to, I want to hear more about your story. We'll talk about that later on. Um, but, uh, it's funny that you said that. I don't know if you remember the conversation that uh, I left you guys with, but like, let's keep, I want to hear more about the story about, you know, uh, it's too bad, you know, like, you know, it's just, I, I, I picture you, uh, going through that, um, and obviously, you know, I'm thinking where I was at when you were going through that and I was going through my own addictions and right. shit we weren't talking about now that I'm older and it's like, man, you know, like I wish that, uh, I would have been able to, to be there for you or someone would have been able to be there for you ah. to, to help you go through that. Um, because you know, it's, it's not easy, right? Like it's, it's no. certainly not easy. And, and you think about, you go from uh, a situation where you're billeted and then you get thrown into, uh, the pro hockey lifestyle where you're, you're all of a sudden you're living in a hotel or you got to find your place. And now you're in the coast, you're in a hotel and it, it, it can wear on you. And then you're dealing with a concussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so where <laughs> did you go from there after the summer? You said you raged out in the summer. You wanted to get it your put some hair on your chest. Yeah. That's it what puts you did, hair right? on your it puts hair on your chest at a very early age that um our our profession we chose, you know. Oh, for sure it does. Yeah. I know it, it you turn does. In, you you turn into a pretty weathered guy pretty quick. Yeah, and you get um, kind of, you just sort of accept things, right? You're just like, Okay, this is how it goes. We're just going along wherever the wherever my hockey bag goes, I go type deal. It's like <laughs> yeah, just you know what I mean? Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah. So, so you worked out really hard that summer. You're like, I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to be uh, not disrespectful, but I'm going to be a little more cocky and, and yeah. you know, bring and, it. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I realized that if I wanted to play in the show, I, I would need to be, someone compared me to uh, Daniel Cleary and I'm like, what? I want to be Dan Cleary. And um, then I thought about it. I'm like, the guy, I don't know. I, I think he was on the, the Red Wings at the time. He was probably making $4 million or something. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I came in like that, like just just smart, like blocking shots in training camp and uh, just just going crazy. And I was uh, one of the last guys to get sent down. I had a meeting with Tippett. Tippett took over. Yeah, Dave um, so that was a mess. That was a that was a mess too. That the whole time with Gretzky and uh, whoever that owner was, and um, it was bad. Swift, eh? yeah. But then Tippett took over. That was good. And he he told me he's like, you know, you haven't proven yourself yet uh, in the as a minor leaguer. He's like, you need to go become a good minor league player, and I'm going to call you up. And um, then we were in Portland that year, the AHL team, Portland, Maine. 
And I played 16 games there. I was on the third line. I was like doing my thing kind of as a third liner. I was playing with Hallweg. Um, Ryan, actually, Ryan with, Hallweg? Yeah, I was actually, I was living with Hallweg. And, I was uh, just Justin. talking to him a, a couple of weeks ago. He's going to come on the podcast too, but keep, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah. We were, yeah, all my three years um, in Phoenix, I was, uh, he was on, we were together and we were line mates for a lot of those. So he he kind of plays lot, like dude. me, eh? But he hits harder. Yeah, I'm, you you probably had more skill when you were uh, at his age. You probably yeah. had more skill, to be honest. Um, he was, he might have been even crazier, though. Yeah, I know he's he's a nut bar. Well, I don't know about now. Uh, if I would, man, if I could go back and play hockey now after I've been to jail for three years and stuff, I'd be a nut bar out there. You do you, people would be so. You think people were scared of me before? <laughs> I'd be nuts. But anyways, keep keep going. You lived with Hallweg and uh... yeah, that was fun. That was fun. But I I only played sixteen games. I played the first sixteen games. I was putting up points on the third line, no power play, and um, still putting up points. And um, uh, after 16 games, I got another concussion. I was out for this season. Wow. And then that, so that's when you were that out for it. 18 months after that? Yeah. So I, I missed that entire season. I was just hanging out at home, um, you know, like trying to come back. But it just wasn't going to happen. Like my like when you say you were hanging out at home, whole... you went back to Santa Ana? No, no, I was in Portland the entire year, okay. just che- okay. checking in in the morning, seeing doctors, seeing eye specialists, uh, you name it. And um, so I didn't play a game that that whole season. Um, and then the summer came around again, and it, it's funny though. And this is a whole nother deal about concussions. Is um, I always started to feel normal in the summer? Huh. And um, I think that that's, I don't know if you want to get into concussions, but I think that goes with depression, like depression and anxiety. And then you get home and you feel like shit during the season. There's so much pressure, um, you know, NHL, everything. And then you get home in the summer with your family, go fishing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I feel normal again. Yeah. The only thing I could ever say to people when I had post concussion syndrome was just, I just, I just don't feel normal. I don't feel right. Something's yeah. off. Yeah. And, and um, I totally, I totally understand. Like I've had it. I still feel like I've had multiple concussions. Plus I got hit with a baseball bat. Um, I've been, you know, same up there. I'm not saying it's worse than yours or, or whatever, but it's, you know, I understand. And I think a lot of people don't understand. My question to you is like, so when you were going through all that, um, the, yeah, you were, the doctors are asking you, Hey, how are you feeling? Um, were you working with any sports psychologists or anything? No. Um, were they offered to you? Did anybody suggest it to you? Um, you know, the only person, the only, the only one I can remember is my mom telling me that I needed to see a sports psychologist because, uh, some other guy, some other, I'm not going to say his name, but some other guy was seeing one and, um, it helped him. And I'm like, um, I mean, I wasn't raised in, you know, in the fifties or something like that, but I, I guess I was raised during a time where we didn't really talk about our feelings and our, like you would never say that you're depressed. If someone, if someone told me that they're depressed, I always thought, 
um, what are you talking about? You're sad. Like, um, yeah. how, just don't be sad. Smile. Yeah. Um, I never, I never believed in it to be honest. Um, so anyways, I went, finished that year, Phoenix, we were talking, they, they recommended that I go to Europe. They're like, you need to get out of here. Um, they were, they were considering doing some kind of a loan deal where they, um, extend me and then find me a deal in Europe. But I don't know if that was just, uh, they were just blowing smoke on that. So, so I signed in that summer, I signed in Dusseldorf, um, Germany. Yeah. And in what, in what league was that? Uh, in Germany. Why is that in the, the Del, first? DEL. Uh, the DEL. Okay. You were in the first yeah. league. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, How's that? So, uh, Good hockey, yeah. Yeah, that's been the second, but you know, that's kind of been the second chapter of my career, Europe. Yeah, you've been over I, there. I since guess. What, you, when did you, you go over there? So, what year is that you, you decided to go over there? If you wanted to write a book, I guess that would be the second half. Yeah, and what uh, year did you? That was 2012. Wow, wow! So you've been over there for for wow, like eight years. You've been over there, and uh, yes. so when they suggested that to you, longer. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Like going you know, to Europe, like was you, that? A... You know, um, you know, like where we came from. I mean, I was I came from California, but like I was raised by uh, the Western Hockey League, that culture, and uh, you know, like to us, it, it's a joke. To be honest, it's it's it was always considered a little bit of a joke to go to Europe. Like you're giving up, basically. Yeah, and that's um, why I asked least, you, but. The, that was that was my always my feeling like you you know uh you you couldn't make it um like oh yeah what happened to him oh oh shit i don't know he's in russia somewhere even though he's whoever we're talking about is probably making a million euros yeah like um, or whatever (laughs) yeah but so anyways um i got to dusseldorf we had a training camp we were i remember exactly we were doing um i first of all i got to know the coach this is this is a pretty good story i got to know the coach he liked me um i don't know we got along we talked about this is before the season even started we had an early camp we talked about music whatever books and um he was a really hardcore off ice guy and we were doing 400 meter sprints like as fast as you can, a bunch of guys were getting injured. And I was like, <clears throat> you know, I'm coming off a concussion and I'm trying to do this. And I'm, I like, I remember it was during the 400 meter sprint, like one of the last ones. And I just, the whole time I wasn't feeling good. It was my first time to Europe. My head was starting to feel bad again. Again, it was probably just stress and anxiety. Um, so I, I told them, I'm like, I'm done. You know, like they were monitoring me the whole time because they knew I was coming off a concussion. But I, I told them, I, I don't know if I told them then I might have, um, I think I, I went to the office. He, he, the coach was there and the general manager was in the office and I went and told them, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I appreciate the opportunity, but, um, I'm, I'm done. Um, so that was it. I left the office. I went back to my apartment, which was just down the street. I walked home, you know, I was crying, called my dad crying. Uh, like, called sorry, my, longer. Called like my you're agent. done. You're retiring. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm done. Okay. All right. There was also the, yeah, 
that was it. I was I was going to retire. I was, it was 17 months. I hadn't played a hockey game, and I was still feeling shitty. And um, so I got back home, called my dad, uh, told everyone, you know. <clears throat> I was, like, talking to my dad and just saying, like, you know, I'm going to hang out in Europe for a bit. I'm just I'm going to backpack or something. <laughs> my first time there. And then I get a call from the coach, and he says, um, come back to the office. And I said, all right, I don't know. I thought maybe I had to sign something. So I get to the office and he's like, hey, um, you know, and he has like this super thick Bavarian accent. He's like, um, he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <clears throat> so he's, uh, he, he says, um, you stay with, he says, we cancel your contract. Um, we make you a new contract. You stay with us. You you see our doctors. We You see whoever you need to see. Um if you can do light training, you do it. And then you, you're an assistant coach. You come on the ice and you push pucks around. Huh. And, um, so I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So I was, I was officially an assistant coach. Um, and I was like 20, I don't know, 23 years old. Wow. And I was an, an official assistant coach of the, of the German, of Dusseldorf. <laughs> That's pretty and, cool. And, um, so really I owe my whole second half, the fact that I'm still playing, I owe to to this guy. Yeah. Cause you were um, ready to just give it up. eh? like you were. Dying, yeah. Huh? That, that was it. Yeah. So I, I, I hung around, I was pushing pucks around. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, you know, being like a second assistant coach and he ended up, he ended up really liking, liking me as an assistant coach. Like I was cutting clips. Um, I was drawing, you know, like giving ideas. I was giving ideas to the players, although it was a weird dynamic because I was 23 and I was, you know, three weeks ago or a week ago, I was on the team. I was bros with the guys we were going out. And then the next week I'm like in the office and I'm, they were speaking German, but I'm, you know, I'm hearing (laughs) stuff. And so it was a, it was a, it was a tricky situation for me because, you know, the players like wanted to find out what was going on. And <clears throat> yeah, of course, you know, so I had to start to keep a dirt, little, right? yeah, to keep a little bit of a, um, a distance from them. So yeah, and actually, so, so um, you ran in, you ran into Benny, didn't you over there? Yeah. Yes. That was the last, that was the last time I saw him, I think. When he you were was, coaching, uh, right? Uh, yeah, he was in, uh, it was during the lockout. He signed with Hamburg. And um, I think I don't know if I saw him twice, once or twice after the after our team played uh, their team. That was funny. <laughs> You're coaching against coaching against Benny. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, I coached Dude. against him. So, so you coached that year. Did you start doing some light training then? Yeah. So I was, you know, like um, I was on skates. I was out pushing pucks around the, the whole year, and then the last. I think it was the last 20 games. There was a bunch of injuries. And, like, I started going pretty hard with the coach. Like, he was a fitness fanatic. And um, we started just, like, training together. We were buddies. And um, he, like, it was, we were, like, just going to get on the bus to go to a game. And he's like, hey, you want to play? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I was feeling good. And um, so I ended up playing the last 15 games that season and um, ended up signing with them again. 
That's pretty cool. And yeah, so, how was... did you how did you feel then when you went back and played? You were good. So, so the whole so the whole thing is really is the German doctors also saved my career um, because I started seeing like a psychologist, like you said, or yeah. like a neuro- neurologist. And yeah. I never, I never, I saw one in in San Antonio, and I remember she put me on so many freaking pills, like like the gnarliest pills I've ever. I've ever taken and I felt like a freaking zombie. Wow. Really? See, yeah. that to me right there is a huge red flag. Anybody listening right now, um, whether you're a parent or a player, this is why this is a huge thing with the Puck Sport Foundation. The, the foundation that I'm starting is about educating the players about when things like this happen. Um, we need to be aware. Like, did you? So these, this doctor just gave you these pills, and, and you just took them, right? Because that's what was suggested, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I was. I was a young kid. I mean, they weren't. It was. It wasn't any painkillers or anything like that. It was um, all antidepressants and. It's still though, that affects exactly your mood, and and like you said, it, it it turns you into a zombie. I'm just saying that yes, maybe it, it was it definitely it definitely wasn't fun. The, these pills were definitely not fun. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, and, and so did they just what they just gave you pills and didn't even really give you someone like they didn't talk to you. So that's kind of crazy. But now you were seeing a sports psychologist or whatever neurologist, and these doctors they they basically brought your hockey career back to they resurrected it. Yeah, he did. Um, his name was, or I don't know, should I say his name? You can, yeah, you can go. Shut up. His name was Doctor Doctor Libert, and he told me, and it, um, it was the first time I heard this phrase, and it, he was speaking English, and he said, "You're self-observing too much," and I'm like, hmm. thought about, it. I'm like, yeah, I am. Like, I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I I was thinking about, like, when I had my concussions, was, okay, how am I feeling? Like, almost like if you if you picture your eyes looking up at, at the top of your head, like thinking about how your brain's feeling. Yeah. And you, when you, when you have that mindset, like you're going to end up feeling, not feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just, you're obsessing on that all day. It's like, how am I feeling? Oh, I'm not feeling like I yeah, should. Yeah. And then, you know, of course. Yeah. It, and then, it, and then like, Oh, I have to go to the supermarket. Oh geez. Last time I went, um, it wasn't good. And then, you know, it turns into anxiety. And, and, and so that, those that are the things manifest, now. Now you can, can look manifest back. manifest into physical. Uh, yeah. Of course. Of course. But you, know. you couldn't. That's a big thing, right? I know you have to go here pretty soon. And we're going to have to do a part two, I think. Um, but, like, honestly, if, if, if you're down to do a part two, like, uh, you know, in the next day or two, we'll, it'll come out on Saturday. I'm, I'm uh, down to do it. I'm down to do a trilogy. A beauty. I love it. How, how much longer do we have before you got to go? Lord of the Rings. Um, oh yeah, I gotta go. Like five minutes? Yeah, five. Okay, let's go five. And, and I'm we'll going to the movie. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to the movies and like, you have to make an appointment here. Wow. <laughs> so, sorry, but I have an, I have an appointment at the movie theater. <laughs> that's they're hilarious. Open, that's, that's no problem. I, I appreciate you doing this. We'll, we'll wrap it up in the next five minutes, but listen, honestly, we're going to have to do a part two because we have so much to catch up on. Um, and yeah. we're kind of halfway through the story, um, and I want to know more about uh, what you, what you're going or what you're doing and what your plan is. How much longer you're going to play for? We can save that for the next episode. Um, but you know, it's it's been a big thing. I wanted to quickly touch before I let you go is that you know I I mention or that I hear you mention 
um, words like depression and anxiety. And then I hear you say things like you mentioned, they met the things can manifest into physical, uh, physical problems just from the way we're thinking, um, not being able to talk about the things, um, when we need to, yeah. and just like yeah, you said, like, feeling, feeling just a step off or feeling a half a step slow. I mean, that's physical. Yeah, of course. And so being able to, to talk to somebody about that is a huge thing. And like you said, um, it's not just you that was raised in a time when, yeah, we weren't raised in the 50s, especially in the hockey culture. We don't really want to talk about our feelings, especially in the dressing no. room. That's why I think it's important to have an outside outlet, outside of the team, outside of uh, the organization, um, somebody to lean on. Yeah. That's where the Puck Sport Foundation comes I in. Mean- Listen. Yeah, keep going yeah. longer, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we can let you go. I mean, you got it. You have, you do have your appointment uh, at the movie theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but sir. quickly, if you want to, if you just want to quickly touch on what I just said there, um, and then we can, we can wrap it up, bud. Um. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we weren't raised in the '50s, but we were raised by the game. I mean, I know I was at least raised by the game. I uh, we we leave home at 16 and. You know, you're you're kind of raised by the, the junior team that you're playing for. Hopefully you're in a good situation. And, I mean, my parents didn't have a clue about junior hockey from California. Um, yeah, and that's, that's something we're going to – like, so now that we've had the first episode here, um, you know, hopefully that your parents listen to it. And I have lots that I can think of. I'm looking forward to part two, and I hope that you can think of some things that we can touch on. Um, but listen, go to your appointment. Uh, I'm, I'm, I so appreciate you doing this. I know that I've, I asked you a long time ago to come on and we've been talking a little bit, but now that we've actually, uh, talked, it's my hope buddy that we can, uh, maintain our friendship. Cause like, I, I love you like a brother and like, man, I would have taken a bullet for you back then. And I still would, and, well, I know. And you know, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember okay, I, buddy. I, uh, it was, we were in the, um, a game one time and someone pissed me off on the other team who was a tough guy and we were on the bench and I'm like hey believer can you fucking fight that guy and you went out next shift and just jumped him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I do for my bros man that's how much uh, that's how much I had your back and I still do and, and I'm proud of you and, and I'm um, I'm glad that you got through that and that you're still continuing on your journey. And I know you have a, a nice little life going for yourself. And I can't wait to do part two. Go catch your movie and I'll talk to you after and uh, hey, we'll finish up on part kid, two. Buddy. Sweet kid, buddy. Sweet kid, buddy. We'll talk about that in part two, too. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you yeah, soon. Bye. Guys, that's episode 46 of Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery. Big thanks to my good friend, Colin Long. It has been way, way too long since him and I have caught up and I look forward to reconnecting and rebuilding our friendship better than it's ever been longer, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I know it wasn't something that you were uh, jumping at, chomping at the bit to do originally, but I'm, I'm sure glad we did it and I can't wait to do a part two. We have so much more to talk about and I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much to everybody who listened. Uh, I'm so grateful for your support. There's truly no words. I, I know sometimes I sound like a broken record, but there's just no other words for it. I'm, I'm a grateful, grateful, grateful man. And uh, there's just, uh, as every day passes, uh, these things just keep happening that just blow me away. Uh, people's graciousness and kindness um, it just it just blows me away. And uh, I'm just 
I'm just so lucky. So thank you for listening. I hope that somebody, uh, you know, you heard something that can help you in your journey. And if you're struggling, please reach out, if not to me, to somebody else. And, uh, you know, we need help with the Pucksport Foundation. It's all new, uh, but this needs to happen. There's a lot of people in the hockey community that are struggling. We're talking players, coaches, refs, parents. Uh, guys, we're talking the hockey community as a whole, uh, you know, because we, we identify as hockey players and, you know, as hockey parents or coaches or whatever the case is, the hockey community is strong, um, but we need to strengthen it and we need to talk about things like mental health and addiction. We cannot just sideline these issues and pretend like they're going to go any go away anymore because they're not they're here to stay uh, but so is the Pucksport foundation and i'm just so thankful to everyone that's uh, rallied around it and but we need to continue to grow um and we need money i'm not gonna lie so guys please donate to the gofundme page in matthew lazinski's name the gratitude crusade it's just amazing uh, i quickly do want to touch my dad sent me Hello, My Name is Dickie, Richard Clune's documentary on uh, Apple TV, which is incredible. I strongly suggest anybody, if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. And uh, it, was, it was really nice. I was actually able to gift it to, um, you know, I paid another $7 or $8 out of my bank account. Um, and I was able to send, uh, after I watched it, I sent a, a copy of it to Liam Arnsby, who is a, a forward on the North Bay Battalion, who I met a couple weeks ago in North Bay, and I've been talking to a lot. He was ninth overall pick in the Bantam draft, and is not his draft year this year, but the following year, because he's a late birthday. And, uh, you know, I just sent him a message. I said, you know, if you're ever going through anything, I'm here for you. The Bucksport Foundation is here for you, um, you know, while you're watching this. If anything, you know, comes up, or if you're feeling anything that he's talking about, we're here for you, you know, I'm here for you, and uh, it's pretty cool, so, you know, I'm just uh, uh, very grateful to to be alive and have the opportunities to share my story, and it's my hope that, you know, I could just help one person, and uh, then all the hell that I've gone through has been worth it. Uh, we do need help. Uh, if anyone's good at organizing tournaments and stuff like that, I'm hosting a three-on-three tournament. Uh, up here in Muskoka and I, I envision there being a competitive division, a co-ed division, a women's division and a para hockey division which would be so cool. Paul Rosen's going to help me with that. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Ashley Langdon and Robert Fred who have been really uh, behind the scenes helping with the Pucksport Foundation. Their passion is undeniable. Uh, we're continuing to grow. Uh, and Darren McCarty is, is such a great support too. And, and uh, Clint Malarchuk took part in the Gratitude Crusade. It was just great. And just remember that if you get nominated for the Gratitude Crusade, you should like stop and be grateful. Be like, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. Someone's grateful that I'm in their life. Like, wow, you know, you should feel good. Uh, and then I just encourage you to get out of your comfort zone. If you get nominated, I know it can be hard to make a video. I know people are judgmental. But guess what? People are also loving and supportive and kind. And uh, you'd be surprised uh, what kind of support you're going to get when we share these videos and we share our vulnerabilities uh, and we say it's okay to not be okay as long as we're reaching out for help and getting the support that we need. 
And sometimes that's all it takes is just being vulnerable uh, and asking for help. And at the same time, we'd be grateful that we're alive because life is such a gift and, and we take it for granted. I know I did. Um, so I would really encourage you to all set alarms like I have. I have five times a day in my phone, stop, be grateful. You know, because things happen throughout the day, you know, things change and come and go so quick in our lives. But when that alarm goes off, it's like, boom, it puts me in my, stops me. It's like, doesn't matter how bad things are, how bad my perspective is, thinks it is, or is telling me how bad it is, uh, you know, that message comes up and it's like, man, I'm alive. Change my perspective. Be grateful. Uh, endless potential. Endless opportunities. And it's just amazing. Live with the attitude of gratitude. So if you please support the Puck Support Foundation. And uh, like I said, if anyone's good at organizing, please, we want to do this three-on-three tournament to raise money for the Puck Support Foundation, uh, which is just great, guys. And, uh, you know, we have a goal of $25,000 on the GoFundMe page, but we're going to need like $25 million. I'm not kidding, guys. The hockey community has a severe, severe mental health and addiction problems uh, stemming from the minor hockey right through the junior and professional ranks and uh, and behind the scenes with coaches and, and, and that sort of things too. So um, life happens and, and when we take the jerseys off, we hang up our skates, whether it's just for the night or, or our careers are over, uh, life is difficult and that's where the Puck Sport Foundation comes in and, and we really need to, to build this community. If you want to get involved, if you want to be part of the team, um, email us, team at pucksport.com, T-E-A-M at pucksupport.com and please check out pucksupport.com follow us on social media at puck support and please check out my website hockey to heroin.com uh, and uh, please check it if you're on your phone you can click on the three little bars in the top right corner. There's actually a lot more to the webpage than it uh, originally meets the eye, and I'm continuing to work on it. So I would appreciate it if I could get some feedback. And if any of those web designers out there want to help me, uh, feel free to reach out. And like I said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the support. And please, if you're struggling, reach out, if not to me, to somebody else. And uh, thank you so much for all the comments and the messages. I do my best to get back to everybody. And uh, like I said, if, if you're struggling and you need to talk, my phone number is on the website. Just call me. Uh, if I can pick up the phone, I'll pick it up. If not, send me a text and I will get back to you. Just ask Ashley Langdon. That's how it all started for him. He just saw my number. He called me. I had no idea who he was. And then uh, later that day, we recorded an episode of Hockey to Heroin Road Recovery. And now he's helping uh, the Puck Support Foundation grow well, um, helping people. So it's just been amazing. Um, thank you to Ashley for all his uh, hard work and, and I'm proud of you brother uh, and like I said Robert Fred thank you too and, and to everybody that uh, is going to be on board like Dodie Wood and so many others uh, I could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours uh, but listen I appreciate your time and I know that you just spent uh, time in your life that you'll never get back listening to me uh, so I just want you to know that I truly appreciate it and I, I really truly hope uh, that you heard something uh, that you can take uh, and implement in your life. If, if not anything, just live in that attitude of gratitude. Stop, take a big deep breath. Be like, wow, I'm alive. There's nothing to complain about. If you don't like something, only you can change it. Have a wonderful day. Have a, just, you know, change your perspective. Change your attitude. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What kind of conversations are you having? Who are your friends? You know, these are all questions we need to ask ourselves, you know, and, and it goes a long, long ways. Um, power of the mind, po power of positivity. And remember, guys, have a great day if you so choose. Say thank you. 
for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for parents. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for humility. Thank you for peace. Thank you for prosperity. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours. It's how I live my life. That's why I, why I am, one of the reasons why I am today. Say thank you in advance for what is already yours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for every moment that led to this day. Thank you for the hard times. They made me appreciate the good times. Thank you for the lessons. They were needed for my development. Thank you for my eyes that get to witness the miracles of today and tomorrow. Thank you for everything I take for granted. Thank you for all of my blessings. Thank you for my drive. Thank you for my spirit. Thank you for my strength. Thank you for giving me the courage to fight through the hard times. Thank you for the people in my life, those I love and those I learn from. Thank you for it all. Thank you. Thank you. It's the key that opens the door to instant happiness, unlocks the door to everything we are really seeking in life, happiness and contentment. Think about it. No matter what you say you want, money, riches, health, to help others, why do you really want it? When you drill deep down, the only reason anyone wants anything is the feeling we believe we will get from having it. That all boils down to happiness and contentment. And the truth is, we can have it now if we are grateful. And if you get quiet, get away from the noise of the world, and think for a moment about what you could be grateful for, I'm sure you could find plenty. Be grateful there's food on the table, air in your lungs, life in your body. Get grateful that you have opportunity, opportunity to take your life to a whole nother level, to decide right now that you are going to live your dreams and never settle until you do. Get grateful for the mental strength you've been given to survive the hard times. Get grateful for your limbs if you have them. Many are not so blessed. Your eyesight if you have it. Many are not so blessed. Your hearing if you have it. Many are not so blessed. The health you do have. Many are in worse positions. Get grateful for that one person that has had an impact in your life or many people if you are so blessed. Then get grateful you can choose to be that person for someone else. That one that makes a difference in someone else's life, no matter how small. Get grateful you get to experience this magical universe. Today, look for miracles. I guarantee if you are looking, you will see them. There are unlimited things to be grateful for. Open your eyes, unlock your amazing life. It's ready for you right now. Thank you for this day, whatever it brings, whether a challenge I need to grow, a lineup to teach me patience, an unexpected blessing, every moment of joy, whatever today brings, thank you. Whatever it brings, I pray I have enough presence in each moment to know that no circumstance is my life. 
No high or low, no event, no thing is my life. Life is energy, and I know I'm so much more than my physical body. Thank you for my ability to love, to give to others my authentic love and kindness without expecting anything in return. Thank you for my strength. Thank you for my presence. Thank you for my ability to attract only the things and people that are in harmony with what I need in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day, whatever it brings.